Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I got a note from my friend Scott Bullock at the Institute for Justice yesterday. And it says, Steve, check this out. Full appeals court to rehear prosecutor immunity case. Uh, I'm writing to you with a rare and exciting update on one of the most outrageous cases challenging government abuse that we've filed. In December, I told you how a three-judge panel of federal appeals court reluctantly ruled against IJ client Irma Wilson, who is fighting for justice after being wrongfully convicted, check this out, by a prosecutor who is moonlighting as an advisor to the judge who heard her case. Oops. Seems like there'd be a conflict there, wouldn't there? Well, the entire appeals court has now agreed to rehear the case because the panel that first heard that said, um, you know, there's really nothing wrong there. So this is called an on-bank hearing, and they're vanishingly rare. This will be just the second time we've had one in IJ's history. So understand how this works. And again, i got to tell you that there's some confusion on the pronunciation of this because it's a Latin phrase. But there is the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which I think has 17 judges on it, on the whole panel they refer to that as. And then what happens is when you file an appeal to that Court of Appeals, Three judges are drawn at random, and that's your panel. You go before a panel of three judges, and then they rule on your case, and that ruling can be appealed up to the U.S. Supreme Court. But there is a process where you can ask for a rehearing, and you can ask for a rehearing by the entire panel. You want all 17 judges to hear your appeal and rule on it. And and it's a very unusual process. And the fact of the matter is that... um, it's very rarely granted, as he points out. And so he says they're vanishingly rare. This will just be the second time we've had one. And so she's one of hundreds of Texans whose criminal conviction was tainted by a major conflict of interest. The man prosecuting her secretly worked for the judge overseeing her case. So because she was innocent, she wouldn't take a plea bargain. And because she eventually received punishment for a crime she did not commit, that offense on her record means she cannot pursue her dream of becoming a nurse. So they've taken it up on appeal. The three-judge panel ruled against them, but they've now asked the entire panel to hear the case, and the panel has agreed, and that is highly unusual. So Irma's quest to right this wrong hit a maddening hurdle at the Fifth Circuit. Due to an outdated quirk of appellate precedent, The original three-judge panel dismissed her case, holding she could not challenge the prosecutor's utterly bonkers violation of her rights and have her record cleared. And one of the judges on the panel actually said this was, and that's a quote, utterly bonkers. The panel recognized the injustice of this outcome, but felt that their hands were tied. Only the full Fifth Circuit Court or the U.S. Supreme Court, the panel said, could overturn this precedent and give her justice. So now the Fifth Circuit has agreed to do just that, and they're going to give her a chance. So Scott says, we knew when we launched this case that an easy win would be impossible. It's often a long road to justice. Two years after filing the case, we're still fighting about whether we're allowed to file this case. But it's a road that's vitally important to the rights of Irma and countless other people nationwide. Thank you for your support. Makes this fight possible. Scott G. Bullock, President and Chief Counsel at the Institute for Justice. So again, procedurally, uh, a case from the District Federal Court goes up on appeal to the Court of Appeals. This is the Fifth Circuit, I believe. And you get the three-judge panel 
they rule against you, you can ask that panel to rehear your case, I believe. You can ask the entire, entire circuit to rehear your panel. Or you can go up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Going to the U.S. Supreme Court, of course, is a long slog. It takes a lot of time, and they are very picky about the cases they take. So you often hear about people filing a request to have their case reheard and bank, but it's very rarely granted. And so keep in mind a couple things, one of which is that I double-checked this, because I've actually had somebody send me a note and say, Steve, how do you pronounce E-N, next word B-A-N-C? It's a legal term. It's a legal term that comes from Latin. And, of course... Uh, according to uh, one website I found, the Oxford English Dictionary states the current day British pronunciation is in bank, while the American pronunciation is either on bank or en bank. And um, I've always heard en bank, so that's the one I go with. But of course, Latin is not really spoken as a native language anywhere except the halls of law schools. <laughs> so you can't go find a native speaker and say, by the way, how do you guys pronounce this? It's important for us to know because we use the term once a year. But here's the thing you have to understand. People always say, can we tell anything by looking at the tea leaves? Can we, can we divine the future? And there's an interesting point here. Because I believe to get the case heard and bank, a majority of the full panel has got to agree to hear it. Well, if the, I'm just doing some basic math here. If there's 17 judges on that panel, half of them okay, would require, I'm guessing, nine to vote in favor of rehearing this. And if one of the judges who heard it already as a panel of three said it's utterly bonkers, and you've got nine judges saying we'd like to hear this, uh, it's highly unlikely that they'd say we want to hear this just so we can confirm it or affirm it. They're more likely to say we want to hear this, we want to fix it. We want to fix this and turn it around. So that's a good sign. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they'll keep me updated, I'm sure. If, by the way, if you support the Institute for Justice, they'll keep you updated also. This is the email that everybody got. So I'm not special because I got this email. I'm simply somebody who supports the Institute for Justice. But I always tell you that they do great work, and they are supported entirely by the generosity of their supporters. And, you know, it's a nonprofit organization, so, so that's how they survive. So I'm going to put a link to them in the description below the video and understand that you can just go visit their website, bookmark it, and check out the great work they do. But if you can, if you can support them in any way, uh, every little bit helps. Because I've seen them actually in action. I actually attended a Supreme Court hearing here in Michigan, Michigan Supreme Court hearing, where their attorney got up and argued a case, extremely complicated case, against some other very good attorneys representing the government, in essence. And the job they did was stellar. And, and I'm not just saying that. I, I've, I've watched a lot of stuff in my 32 years as an attorney. And I went up and congratulated the attorney afterwards and told him and said, you know, I've been practicing law for a while. And that was one of the best performances I've ever seen. Whenever you go in front of the Supreme Court to argue, whether it's a state or U.S., uh, you've got to be prepared, know your material, and be prepared to do a presentation just as if they all just sit there and listen to you. And yet they can interrupt you, they can fire questions at you, and they don't have to ask for permission to do that. So you can be right in the middle of your first sentence, and one of them will cut you off and say, excuse me, let me ask you a question. And they'll fire some question at you from left field, and you answer it. And now you're thinking, do I continue, or do I wait for another question? So then you continue, and three sentences later, somebody else says, excuse me, sir, 
I have a question. And to be that prepared is extremely difficult. And the performance they put on was so impressive. I was blown away. And I met a lot of these people at a retreat last fall in California. I've mentioned that before. Got to talk to all kinds of people in their organization, not just the attorneys, but their support staff, uh, the people who help with the newsletters and the magazines and stuff. And um, it's, it's a top-flight organization. What they do is just fabulous. And among other things, they're doing the work that no one else can do. And the reason is that most of the people, like Irma Wilson, probably can't afford to take this case all the way through the expensive process necessary to get this spun around. So there you go from Scott Bullock at the Institute for Justice, full appeals court to rehear prosecutor immunity case. It's going to be heard and bank, and we think that's a good thing. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. I am sorely afflicted with the plague, and the only cure for it is more cowbell.